good to have Billy and Sherry Christenberry, uh, old friend. It's good to have him with us and they're with us. Their mother just went to be with the Lord, very precious lady, just the other week, and uh, Miss Betty Hedricks. And uh, so you remember that family. And But it's good to have them in the house of God this morning. Je- Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Knowing God for yourself. Many know about God. We know church. We know services. We know terminology. But do you know God? This morning, with the help of the Lord, I hope to encourage you to get to know Him. I appreciate Matthew bringing the bus kids in the service this morning. And I'm going to ask Him to lead us to the throne of grace, if He would. You can be seated. This week I spent some time reflecting on the past year and on the last 27 years. I come to the conclusion God's been awfully good to us. I I told you Wednesday night and uh, or last Sunday. Then our missions, we sent out $24,897. But in reality, counting all that we do in missions, that's buying tracks, the projects we do in, in town, and the packets and the books and all that we've done, uh, we spent $43,000 in missions last year. I believe God blesses that because the heart of God is the heart of missions. And so I need to correct that. And uh, so the Lord's being good to us. But I ask questions like, when did God begin to work in my own heart? What was it I heard that changed my life? What was the tipping point moment, if you will. What word did I hear that truly increased my faith and to believe God for everything we need? Immediately, my mind ran back 31 years ago 
to a sermon I heard in a great auditorium of 6,000 people. And the message was, let not God talk with us lest we die. They said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. Moses, we'll, we'll listen to anything you've got to say. Moses, we believe you're God's man. Moses, we believe you've got a word from God. And Moses, tell us what that word is, and we'll hear. But Moses, let us not talk. Let God speak with us, lest we die. I want you to notice, and I'm going to end the service today in a very unusual way. But I believe you'll understand what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get across at the end of the sermon with this question. Do you know God? Know with me, these were God's people. There was, beyond any doubt, number one, these were God's people. They were, any doubt about it, they were God's chosen. From the moment he called Abraham and their journey began, they delighted in him, and for the most part, they were devoted to him. They came out of the Red Sea and crossed on dry ground, singing and watching as the enemy was swallowed up by the same Red Sea. They followed the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Perhaps as important as anything, they had accepted Moses as God's man for them and their pastor, if you will. They were not a God-rejecting people. They were not an idol-worshiping people. They were a people who loved God. They were a people who had been delivered. They were separated people, if you will. These were God's people. Let's not miss them. They were God's people. And this morning, before we go any further... Are you one of his people? No. Have you been born again? Are you saved? Do you know Christ? Can you take me to a place in a time when Jesus Christ pierced your heart and you recognized that you were a sinner and he was a savior and you bowed and trusted and asked him to come in your heart and save you. How many of you can remember a time like that? If you can't, then you ought to this morning. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to be one of his people. We're not just anybody. We're one of his people. But notice, these were God's people, but notice with me also where they positioned themselves. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, 
they removed and stood afar Don't miss this. When they saw all the thundering and lightning and the monumental uh, noise and brightness of the lightning flashing and the thundering bellowing, they, they did something. They backed up. They stood afar off. They said, Moses, understand we love God. And Moses, understand we love his word. And Moses, understand we love his truth. But Moses, we're just not sure about all this. Everywhere in this blessed book, a people or a person who positioned themselves afar off was headed for trouble. Matthew 26 and 58. The Lord had talked with Peter. He had said, Peter, I'm, I gotta go and, and I'm gonna have to die for you. And, and by the way, Peter, you'll deny me. Peter said, oh no, Lord. I'll never do that. He said, Peter, I want you to know I'll die for you and go to prison for you. And the Lord said, Peter, you, you don't understand. Before this day, as a matter of fact, Peter, in just a few hours, you'll not deny me once or twice, but Peter, you'll do it three, three times. How in the world could a man that is so boldly proclaimed before Jesus, that he would never deny him just in a couple hours, deny him three times, and, and then, on, then, then to boot, he cusses on the third time. Says, I told you, blank, 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 I don't know him. But the Bible says this about Peter. Don't miss this. But Peter followed him afar off. Can I ask you a real personal question? Where are you this morning? Would you say, um, you, you say, well, I'm in Solid Rock Baptist Church. I figured that out. But you understand this? Do you understand that you can be sitting in Solid Rock Baptist Church on this Sunday morning and yet be very far off from a holy God? Do you understand that you can be sitting in your pew where you sit every Sunday, but in reality your heart, your, your heart is afar off from God this morning? Oh, you, it's not visible on the outside yet. But the time will come, it will become visible. You do understand, we don't get our will of God with our feet. We get our will of God with our heart. And then our feet carries us 
at the end of the day. See, the reality is, reality is, would you judge yourself as being close to God this morning? Halfway there to God this morning? Or would you say, and get honest enough to say, I'm really afar off. If I, if I get up by real close, God's going to expect things from me. I'm, they were afraid to get close to God. They were afraid of the thundering and the lightning and the noise. I want to ask you a question. How many of you are afraid to get close to God? Because if you get close to Him, He may reveal what you really are. He may reveal to everyone what's really going on in your life. You see, I've been far, I've spent time, and I'm not proud of it, but I've spent time evolve. And the last thing I want is for God to get close. But when I got some things right, I wanted to get up here real good and close. Well, have you ever done something wrong and, and you, you, you hated facing your parents because you knew it was wrong? Man, you hate, you hate that worse than anything else. But boy, when you're right, you go run into them. Boy, this morning, spiritually speaking, and they stood afar off. Now, I remind you again, these are God's people. These are not the idol-worshiping, devil-worshiping crowd in the land. They were God's people. And yet they chose to stand afar off. They were afraid. They were fearful. And notice the perception they embraced. Not only they, these were God's people, and know where they positioned themselves. Now God didn't position them there. Time out. Why don't you quit blaming everybody else for you following the fall? Why don't you quit blaming everybody else? And why don't you quit blaming God? He's not positioned you there. You have positioned yourself there. By the way, I love this. We got a, a text this week. And uh, some folks we hadn't seen in a good while. And they said, we missed you. Text back, we ain't moved. We still have church the same time we've always had it. We ain't changed the times. We've not moved. We'll show up in the morning at the house of God. If you miss us that bad, be there. You can get to see me. Amen. In all my glory. Amen. So the truth is, we, we moved. I, I want you to understand this morning, if you're falling to fall off, God's not moved. God's not, and by the way, God's not going to move to you. Amen. So here was the people, but notice the perception they had. They removed themselves from all, but the perception they embraced. They said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with 
lest we die. What a statement. Here's what they said. We know about God. We want you to tell us about God. But they didn't know God for themselves. I submit to you, there's a multitude of God's people. They're God's people. You tell me that Jesus saved you, and I'm just going to believe you. You tell me I'm, I'm one of God's people. You tell me I don't serve idols. And by the way, God's people don't smoke dope, run around with women, drink, cuss, carry on. If you can do that, you're not one of God's people. Plain and simple. You're playing a game. You're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. If you know all that junk, if you commit adultery, you need to check up whether you're saved or not. My Bible says God chastises those as loves, and you're not chastised, but you're a bastard, not a son. That's what the Bible says. So you're one of God's people. But I believe there's a multitude of God's people this morning. They know about God. They want to learn about God, but they don't know Him for themselves. Notice what they said. Moses, we believe you're God's man. Moses, we believe you have a word from God for us. Moses, we got confidence in you. Moses, we know you'll go to God and whatever God tells you, we'll hear. Notice what they said. They, went, they didn't do like some doing the Baptist church, turn you off when you get up to preach or play with the babies or do something else. They said, we'll hear. Here's what they said. We don't want God talking to us. We don't want to know God for ourselves. Let not us talk with God lest we die. Here's what we say. Pastor, we believe you're God's man. Pastor, we believe you got a word from God. Pastor, we're well, confident you'll give us the truth. But pastor, let us not talk with God lest we die. Choir leader, we believe you'll seek God's face for the songs to sing. Father, we believe you, you'll labor and prepare the music. We believe you'll leave with a heart for God. But let not us talk to God and have a song in our heart unless we die. Dear church member, we believe this is God's church. We, we, we believe we see the hand of God. We believe you're blessing our services. We believe in this place where, where I'm to call home. And whatever I hear and learn, I will do. But don't let me talk to God lest we die. When God in His grace introduced me to this great truth, the old preacher that preached this said this. By the way, we had driven a hundred miles to sit in that auditorium of 6,000 people 
Here's what the man behind the pulpit said. Some of you have driven a hundred miles to hear what I went to God and got to come to tell you. And you'll do it. But you've not spent five minutes this week walking a hundred feet behind your house and asking God what he has to say to you. And I said, oh me. I don't know if God could get more real than that. We had driven a hundred miles. He didn't know I'd driven a hundred miles. Kind of got an idea God knew I'd driven a hundred miles. Pastor, we want you. We believe you're God's man. We believe you pray. And pastor, we want you to pray for us. But many of you have not spent five minutes along with God this week praying for anything, much less for the church or people in it. When are we, when are we going to get to know God for ourselves? Not what somebody else has said. Not what somebody else is talking about. But knowing a God of glory for ourselves. For you see, the greatest truth, Solid Rock Baptist Church, could be is a group of people that had a relationship with God for themselves. Do you understand? God has a desire to talk to you. He really wants to talk to you. They thought God would kill them when he faced them. In fact, he didn't want to kill them. He wanted to commune with them. Go with me. God has put man in a garden. God has given him a job because man ought to work. Amen. And one day in the evening, here comes God, steps off his throne, and he's going down. No doubt he's going to see his creation. No doubt he's going to see. I wonder if that rascal Adam's been working today. I wonder what he's got accomplished today. No. He's not going for any of that. Maybe he's going to see his animals. No. No. He steps off the throne to go hunt man that he might commune with him and talk to him. I, I wondered I mean, a time how many days in the cool of the evening Adam's standing at the corner of the garden and here comes God. Did they embrace? Did Adam say, boy God, I sure missed you today. God said, Adam, I've been thinking about you today. I've been watching. When are we, when are we? Some of you know about God. You've heard about God all your life. 
You might have got saved when you were young. But do you know him? Do you know him? He wants to know you. As a matter of fact, fast forward to the last book of the Bible. See where Jesus is. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He's wanting to have communion with you and I. And all of our faults and all of our failures and everything we lack in, a thrice holy God wants to come and commune with me. My soul, why would we not want to commune with him? They came for this people the day came for this people, however, when the one they looked to to go to God for them was gone. In Exodus 24, and the Lord said to Moses, come up to me in the mound and be there, and I will give thee the tables of stone and the law and the commandments, sounds like King James Bible to me, which I have written that thou mayest teach them. They came, God said, Moses, come on up here. Me and you are going to spend some time together and God had a big old slab of stone and he's writing with his finger as only God can. Chapter 32, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down on the mount, the people gathered themselves together and Aaron said unto him, up, Make us gods which should go before us. For as, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we won't know what has become of him. We don't know where he's at. We don't know what's happened to him. We know what the heat here. He received them with their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made as a molten calf. And they said, These be the gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And they rose up, rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose to play. How in the world could this people Get to hear. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. And when the man that had told them was no longer there, they didn't know God for themselves. My great burden, my great desire this year is that you know God for yourself. You know all the right things to say at church. You know the right ways to act. You know the right ways to dress. You know the right Bible to carry. You know the right Bible to carry. If I call on you to pray, you can pray the prayer. You know Sundays, you know, you know terminology. 
But I want you to know God. I, I'm not going to change my book. But there's something greater than a King James Bible. There's a God of the King James Bible. There's something better in prayer. There's the God I'm praying to. There's something better than you being saved. It's the God that saved you. See, we need to get a hold of this. The church, where I heard this for 43 years, the pastor walked out of the same door and on February the 5th, 2001, the paper said this. He did the unthinkable today. He died. He never walked out that door again. The day will come. The day will come. Don't start crying now. I don't believe it's today. Either for sorrow or for joy. Either one. The day will come when I will not walk behind this pulpit. The day will come when I'll preach my last sermon. The day will come I'll not put this mic on again. The day will come I will someone else will stand my place. The day will come that Sunday school teacher that goes to God for you by the way, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you better be going to God for you, those you teach. But how can you go to a God that you don't know? You got to know that God yourself. And you might be going to Him one day, they'll not stand behind the podium. One day, someone else will drive the bus. So the kids. The day will come when someone else head up Patch Club. And when that day comes, and it will come, do you know God for yourself? I, I know a binding preacher. Yeah, but do you know him? Do you know him well enough? That when trouble comes, to run to Him. Because you see, when they saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the trumpets and the mountain smoking, they backed up. They went the opposite direction. Why? They knew about Him, but they didn't know Him. When trouble comes, do you know him well enough to run to him? I fear we run to Facebook, friends, and people who tell you, just to be truthful, got more problems than you do for advice. I love what the psalmist said. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I.
Do you know him well enough to trust him when you simply don't know what to do? Do you? Oh, man of God, Second Chronicles 20 said, O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. I fear too much when we don't know what to do or trouble. I'm just going to be real, real blunt. I fear we like to become a victim and wallow in it more than we like to know that there's a God we can go to and get it fixed and get help. I believe we just like to wallow in it. You know? Do you know him? Do you know him well enough to encourage yourself when you're discouraged? First Samuel chapter 30. David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. This was his soldiers. These were his mighty men. They lost their family and everything. Notice what he said. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He knew God. He didn't know about God. He knew God. So he could encourage himself when he was discouraged and didn't know what to do. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? 1 Corinthians 14, 25. Thus are the secrets of his hearts made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you a truth. Jeremiah knew him. 15, 16. Thy word was found. I did eat them, and thy word was with me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Do you know him? We may know about him. Don't you think it's time? Is it not time in your Christian life for you to get to know him? To know him. Get my lights and get the windows for me, gentlemen. All right? Do you know him? Black preacher preached this message in 1970. I chose to end this way because I'll be frank with you. I can't do it better than he does. I just simply can't. I wished I could. It goes about five minutes. Here's the question. Do you know him? Stop right here now. Say this before I even start. When you know him, everybody around you will get to know him. You don't have to wear a big Jesus button saying, I love Jesus. You don't have to do that. Everybody will know. But when you don't know Him, 
everybody around you will know that you don't know Him. A man said, in our church, God saved him. He's so excited about God, he went back to work the next day. Told many of them. He said, oh yeah, I was saved. He said, really? <laughs> I never knew that. He never knew that. They were saved at all. You know why? Because they know about Him. They don't know Him. This morning, as you watch this, my prayer is God will prick your heart. When we're done, the altar's open. Here's the question. Do you know? Get these lights right here, boys. Okay? Turn the video on. Of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Do you know him? No means of measure can define his limitless love. Well, well, he's in turnless form. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. Do you know him? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the thief. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? My king is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah. He always has.
has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. You can't even beat him, and he's not going to resign. That's my... All stand to her feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's turn the lights back on. Do you know him? I didn't ask, do you know about him? Do you know him? Do you know him? If you don't know him in that way, why don't you come? Find your place in an altar and say, God, I want to know you. <laughs>